Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom Hi, women. I'm happy to be here with you all, hoping that you're still feeling the New Year vibes and making this month as good as it can be. Just a quick check-in here. Matriarch Rising tickets are officially on sale. Oh my gosh, please come. It feels so close already, and we have sold out every year, so please don't wait. Grab your ticket, make your plans, and come to my land for the time of your life. www.matriarchrisingfestival.com Also, a time-sensitive announcement, we open enrollment for 2024's Blood Mystery School next week. If you're listening to this as this episode is released, there's just nothing like this program. I'm so proud of it. You will become a cycle coach, a cycle breaker, a woman and girls initiation facilitator, all in one epic 16-week program. It's a really big deal. It is deep, deep work. Go check out the website. Learn all about it at bloodmysteryschool.com. Enrollment opens Tuesday, January 23rd, and we begin classes February 21st. Don't miss this. We only run it once a year. All right. So today on the show, we have my friend Stella. Stella comes from a large family of Nigerian doctors. And after she gave up the idea of med school, she found herself in the Radical Birthkeeper School. Stella experienced huge paradigm shifts and really deconditioned herself from her medical upbringing so that she could become the woman, the mother she wanted to be. While navigating the grief of losing her mother and the joy of meeting her spirit daughter prior to pregnancy, Stella decides to choose a wild pregnancy and birth completely outside the medical system. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah, me too. Our little babies are so close in age, so we've gotten to really track with each other throughout our pregnancies and our first year of mothering these babies, so it's very fun. Yes, for sure. All right, girlfriend, let's get into it. You free birth your first baby. How crazy are you? Go all the crazies into who are you before you get pregnant and what shapes you know pretty flipping unique story of a woman who with her first baby decides to not involve the medical system so yeah tell us what you got (laughs) okay where do I begin (laughs) 
I think my my inkling is to kind of start with the whole my calling into motherhood and how that kind of unfolded. Um, I come from a family of six plus half kids, and um, I just always grew up in a large family, like a big Nigerian large family. And um, my mom was a doctor and seeing her, I always thought in my life, I would become a doctor. That was just kind of like, okay, mom's a doctor. I was just like her, have the same name as her. Like she's like my purview as to how life is supposed to go. And so growing up, I always thought that. And kind of as I got, I got older, I was like uh, super interested in birth. That's just birth came up in my life. And, um, by the time I got to college, like I started and the, the, the day I was at orientation, I was like, wait, fuck this. I don't want to do pre-med. Like I just saw like the classes they were suggesting. I'm like, no, mm -mm, this isn't for me. So like, I thought that, um, baby calling was out the window. Cause that was the only, my only lens towards the birth world was like become an OB and there you go. So I kind of thought it was over and gone with, and I went in a fully different direction. I started to study mass communication and media and got into like the video world and um, marketing and all of that. But it never went away. Like that kind of whisper in my ear about like this calling to work with mothers and children. Um, but it was just kind of, you know, it was there on my shoulder. Uh, fast forward, post-college, years after college, um, I was actually in Costa Rica and you know the typical I took I did an ayahuasca ceremony and everything was revealed to me <laughs> I experienced such things it is a yeah. theme on this podcast yeah I know it's so funny because I listen to Aaron's uh, episodes and I'm like yep <laughs> that's about right <laughs> ayahuasca will definitely slap you in the face and help you realize like okay it's time so I was in Costa Rica I think it was this was 2021 or something did ayahuasca and lo and behold, I felt my baby's spirit, aura, everything very strongly. I had already like kind of felt like this little girl in my life that was like maybe through my family line that was like ready to come through any one of my sisters. Like that's just how it felt like a very familiar soul. And then she visited while I was journeying deep into this journey. And I just was like, oh my gosh, you're here. I had a name, Haven. And I um, just was like, okay, like, I know you're coming soon. Like, who's your daddy? <laughs> and hey, were you single? <laughs> let me know. I wasn't single. I was already dating my now husband, but okay. I, I was, I was like maneuvering, like, is this, you know, are we doing this? Like, we were still just dating. We had just met months before. So like, who is this child and is it his? And I felt like this expansive love. Actually, when I asked that question, I thought of him, I felt like this expansive like I could feel the love that he had for me and it was strong enough to procreate. And it was like, right. It felt so right. So I'm, I'm like coming back with this experience. It's so funny because I read my journal the other day of it and I'm like, whoa, like this was real. Like this was, I, I was still like coming down from the ceremony and writing these notes. I could tell because it looked like shit. And I'm like trying to like not be shaking. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that happened early 21 my mom then died months later, two months later. And um, actually, we're going to get real deep. Might as well, huh? Because I see like how spirit is like orchestrating all of this. My mom died. 
I think the the day, the first day that my Gerard, my now husband, like we had sex in such a manner where we could procreate, if you know what I mean. Like the first time I didn't get pregnant. (laughs) I didn't get pregnant, but like that window, that portal opened. And then literally the next day I find out that my mother died in Nigeria. I'm, I'm telling you, it could have been literally the same hours. I don't know. Whoa. So like, there's like this big, powerful, energetic, like thing happening here. Right. And I don't, I can't explain it all. I can't properly put words to it, but it was, it's right. Right. It's right. So then, um, simultaneously I think right when I got back is when I started radical birth keeper school and so I'm like this is like a whole new world to me like I said I come from like a medical I grew up in my mom's doctor's office like literally working there at probably like way too young of an age and just like helping around you know cleaning stuff that a seven-year-old can handle but it was a family business you know and um that so to to come into this world and I, and I got interested in the world because I had traveled a lot. And um, during my travels, I saw that like this whole world of birth and motherhood, like I think in the U.S. has been so bastardized by like we've taken away like mother nature from this process so much. And all around the world, people were still having their babies and these babies were growing up in fields and walking around and learning stuff like by nature with nature having babies and it wasn't this big show like women having their babies going home and taking care of them and it like wasn't this big deal so that kind of got me like starting to wanting wanting to deconstruct some of like the the paradigm the industrialized paradigm that I had been learning growing up you know but it was a little scary too because I'm like is this dangerous? Like, I didn't really tell anyone I was taking RBK. Gerard might've been like one of the only people that knew. And he was like, yeah, do it. And like, he was so for it because he too, like was understanding like there's, there's, it's it's so much bigger and so much like more simple at the same time. Right. right. Just have your baby. <laughs> so, so you, the, the ayahuasca Sony into your mom passing and then RBKs after that, right. Yeah, when you get right home after that from, yep because you go to Nigeria yeah so that was that was even before um I was in Nigeria with my mom before she passed um and then I came back like at the peak of like COVID was just starting Mm -hmm. 2020 the next year is the ayahuasca ceremony and then also months later she she passes and then our VK starts. So it's like a lot happening all at once. Like my world being rocked over and over and over and over again. Seriously. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't get pregnant until after RBK. Literally right after. Gotcha. Okay. But when you said open the portal, you mean I'm I'm understanding. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, like just the ability that we can now start. Yeah. The consciousness. Yeah. And like we can now, we're, we, we started calling in this baby, you know, and not even knowing like, my mom was passing. So it's just like all of these energetic shifts. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I go through RBK and I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> you could just have your baby at home. What? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, but this is amazing. Learning the physiology of birth, learning the beauty and the intentionality behind the design and like the simplicity of it. And the fact that birth, you know, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an ever it's ever evolving thing what I'm learning and how I'm starting to shape my perception and understanding of how birth works 
and I understand it that it will always be growing, but it was like to have such a radical difference in what I had been coming to understand and believe, I think was really good for me because I'm very, I'm a very like neutral person. I can be, you know, I see both sides really easily. So it was like a way other side of the spectrum shift. And it was really what I needed because it was mm-hmm. like, I didn't, coming out of RBK, I was like, there's no other way I want to bring life into this world, but in the comfort of my own home. I was sure of it at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I get pregnant right after. And I'm like trying to start a birth business. I low key feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I've never even been in a birth before. But I was like, oh, maybe the first birth I'm meant to be in is my own. Like, maybe that's the the way this is going. Like, let's go for it, you know? And so thus begins like a fully wild pregnancy, which, you know, was like way outside of my paradigm as well. Like to just like, I remember asking a question during RBK and I was like, you know, to hear, like, you don't need to go to any prenatal appointments with a, you know, with a doctor. I was like, really? I'm like, okay, what about like just one to make sure everything's okay? Like, what about, you know, all of these things? Like, are can we really be as radical as to not see the doctor at all while you're pregnant? Is that real life? <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> is that wise? Like, is that even a good idea? And I remember you saying something along the lines of like, yeah, sure, you can go in and see a doctor if you want, but just know like now you're in the system. And then if you like just stop coming, like they're, they have that marker on you. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and then I was like, wait, but like, why we, we operate under the assumption that something is wrong in pregnancy. And that in and of itself was a big shift that I had to like, I had to encounter in my, in my mind and heart. And just say like, wait a minute, I'm going into this thing in full trust. I'm a full trust of my body, my baby, everything. And if I feel an inkling, if I feel anything different, I will listen to that. I'm just going to intuitively explore this pregnancy. And that's what I did. And it was joyful. It was such a beautiful experience. As the, the day after I found out I was pregnant, sorry, the day before I found out I was pregnant, um, I was meant to leave to go to Nigeria for my mom's funeral. So I think this is what you're thinking of. Hmm. She ended up being buried months after she actually died. She had to get the whole family to Nigeria. There's all this stuff going on, COVID, everything. So it took us a while. Um, And another thing that's like super synchronous, I'm like six months later, I'm like going to Nigeria. And I'm also finding out that I'm with child. (laughs) And it's like, whoa. A lot, a lot, right? So I, I tell Gerard and we're like freaking out and I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> this is, I'm going to, I'm going across the world. Um, and so I end up in Nigeria. I, I'm the only one who knows I'm pregnant. Aside from like some of my, I, I told my siblings and my dad and my dad is like, this is too much. <laughs> like his reaction was just like, whoa, like, oh God. Especially because we weren't legally married yet. All mm-hmm. stuff, you know, traditional family. And so you know, Nigeria happens, but I felt so right. Like I got to be like, you're, you're, you're here with grandma, seeing grandma go home. And like, you're here, you're like, Mm -hmm. you're getting to witness this and from my womb. And like, it felt so special. Like my aunts gave me a name, like a nickname, just like in Nigeria, it's just so uncommon to give out nicknames. And they gave me this name, Omeka Nea, which means just like your mother, you're like your mm-hmm. mother. And when they started calling me that, I was like, oh my God, that's her name. <laughs> that's like her one of her middle names. Cause I was kind Aww. of exploring like 
what are we gonna what's gonna be her middle name and the way Mike did it and a lot of people my mom did it and a lot of people do is like you'll give your kid you allow people in your family to give them a name to kind of, you know, names are, are are spells. You're casting spells over this person, right? Every time you're saying their name, you're like calling meaning out into them. So like names are very, very, very significant in my culture. And so to to give, be given a name by my aunts, like it just felt like I, they didn't know. I was secretly in my head like, oh my God, I think that's her name. And I wrote this whole like long thing in my notes to her with her name and a whole message about like I think this I know who you are and this is who you are and like this energy is so strong and like I can't wait for you to come our side and then at the end I said if you're a boy <laughs> please don't be confused yeah. um I just think you have a lot of divine feminine energy within you <laughs> but don't don't be confused about what you are um but I just knew I just knew everyone knew everyone was like that's a girl um so yeah I go through this pregnancy it's beautiful and then I, around month tw- or week 20, I was about almost five months in, I started to get this really sharp pain. And then, you know, Google, <laughs> Google's not your friend, but of mm-hmm. course I Google sharp pain on my right side. And it's like, you have preeclampsia, you have this, you have this, all these things start. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I chose to like be monitoring my br- blood pressure and urine. Like I got urine strips. I just wanted to have that on my own. Um, so I kind of was like, monitoring it and it had gone up a little bit bit from what it was normal so that I start like oh my gosh something could be wrong and why why did you why did you choose that that's kind Um, of so I actually a a friend through RBK said that that's what she had done she was like you don't have to you're you're likely fine but if you want that reassurance for yourself and you just want to like monitor your own stuff like this is what I did I got a, a blood pressure cuff and I got urine strips just to make sure there's no protein in my urine. And I was like, okay, you know, I, especially knowing that like, I might be getting questions from family and stuff. I was like, let me at least just like have this and um, it'll feel good for myself to kind of have a, a marking, a marker on it. So I kind of did it very loosely. I wasn't like, uh, you know, constantly checking, but I just checked in every once in a while to make sure my blood pressure was cool. And it was just like a little higher. So then I was like, I told myself I need to go to the hospital, go into the hospital. <laughs> and I, it was like five hours of uh, time wasted. Nothing. There was nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I say that also knowing that like I have family members who have gone into the hospital and had different experiences, you know? And so I'm like, while I don't regret going in, I now know I just really didn't have to for myself. And like, um, it felt like a waste of time for me. That's like, what as, do you mean? That's like as you... simple as it. What do you mean you had family members that had a different experience? Like I had a family member after my birth who was experiencing pain, went into the hospital with a whole other story. And, oh, like it? they found yeah. something serious. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. her baby, you know, didn't make it through pregnancy. And so Aww. that was tragic, completely tragic. And I, I told her about my experience and it was way different. And so I, I, while I'm like, I that's why I say I'm like I'm like still in this process of like really understanding like where my where I put my foot down where I say you know you got to trust your gut you got to trust yourself it's like evolving I feel mm-hmm. but I can't you know for me I'm like yeah that's like someone I love and I'm so close to who had such a different experience in going in so I that's why I'm like I don't regret it but I I didn't need to you know and I and I ended up not having an experience like that and I'm grateful um, but it's that was a part of the journey. You know, I, I went in, 
felt like I didn't need to and I never went back. I did hire a doula and she was comfortable attending the birth without a midwife or anyone just as like my person. So in my mind, I was like, you're kind of like my birth keeper because there's no other person in Cincinnati that I know of that does mm -hmm. this. Had she like, attended births outside yeah. the system before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. She had, and so she was like, she was comfortable with it. And she was the only person I had met and talked to that was comfortable with it. So I was like, okay, let's roll with it. We met a few times without throughout my pregnancy, but that's even another thing in retrospect. I'm like, hmm, next time I don't need that, <laughs> you know? So I, I just appreciate the fact that this pregnancy, I was able to fully autonomously choose my care, choose, you know, like choose to do my own care and whether, you know, and like, I, I was calling the shots and that's where I'm like really understanding, like, that's the point that I am able to actually be the, the, the woman in charge, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, yeah. yeah, I'm not relinquishing that. <laughs> and so like, that is what matters most to me. And so, yeah, that was, and, and then also like, so five months in, I go, I was able to travel and then at around seven months was was matriarch rising so hmm. i go to matriarch rising with my best friend i'm like i need you to come i don't know but i'm like still testing the waters with all these people i don't want to go alone i'm like so pregnant and so she came with me and we just had such a beautiful time and like just like floating around under the sun like full belly and there's so many other women that were just the same amount i think i was like a week ahead of you or so and then you know a bunch of other women that were right where we were and we learned village prenatal and it just felt like so like this is care this is pregnancy care just being around my sisters being with like-minded women who are just like in full love and support of other women and like there's no annoying questions being asked about my pregnancy and like when are you gonna why I'm choosing? yeah like you know why I'm choosing what I'm choosing like you oh, look God, big like, yeah like are you sure it's not twins you know like God. all of the bullshit that I you know I get and like no yeah. shock in that I'm not you know engaging in the medical right. system whereas literally with my family like there's some people that I straight up lied to because I was like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. So yeah, yeah, I have a midwife. Being, uh, my appointments are going great, blah, blah, blah. And then some people where I told half truths and stuff. And then, you know, again, that's another thing where I'm like, hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back, I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. I don't need to like twist my story or like fumble my, you know, like make you believe that I'm doing a certain thing because mm -hmm. of your fear. Like, I just need to, I just, this is the way I'm doing it. And guess mm. what? Like, it's, it's the safest route for me. That's what I want. And so, but, you know, because I didn't want to deal with the questions and all of this stuff, I was just like, yeah, sure, sure. I'm going to tell you what you want to hear so that you don't like insert your, your fear into my very like, like safe space. Like I felt so safe. So and how, who in your life like who, what, what did your bubble of truth and, you know, like look like, was it a pretty small group of people that knew the full plan? Yeah. Yeah. I would say very small. I would say like a few of my best friends knew everything and Gerard knew everything, you know, my stepdaughter, um, other people, like as soon as I say would say something, they're like, what? If I got like any inkling of worry, they didn't get the full story. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. I was just like, I'm not dealing with you. Um, so it was very few. It was very few. Even my sisters, like, um, <clears throat> knew that I was just going to have a doula and all of that. But I think they thought, like, maybe she would monitor if I need to. Like, it was just like, you know, not as free and free birth as people you know but even the the term free birth most of my community even had never even heard that you totally. know what I mean so yeah it was very few people who knew the full narrative and I like that I wanted to keep it that way but I also you know later on I'm like man I feel like I have to keep up with like what I'm telling people and like <laughs> lying and like I was out of integrity fully right and like that part was like the the contention that I just had to do like grapple with because of how I chose to go about this and so um, then what happens after she's here in terms of the the mistruths mm. or half truths? Does everyone in your life now know that you lied? Um, people who have asked people who gotcha. have asked. Yeah. Most people haven't asked, though, because everything went well. They right. don't really care. They don't care to know <laughs> until the they hear story. this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll see who actually decides to listen to it. I doubt, you know, and who, and if they listen to it, like I will say if I if I didn't fully tell you the truth, like I um, I own that. You know what I mean? I fully own that. But also, I hope you hear my words as to why I did that to protect mm-hmm. my space, my spirit and my journey. And um, next time you'll know, now, especially if you listen to this, I'm not doing shit. I'm going to be mm-hmm. at home drinking chais all pregnancy long. And I'm going to have my baby in the bathtub. Like that is literally my plan. So, um, yeah. So I guess, so fast forward, um, I'm going through this whole pregnancy like this. I really enjoyed it. I traveled a lot. I really had a beautiful pregnancy. Obviously, it came with all of the heartburn and all of the all of the things that pregnancy comes with. But um, I remember you kind of popped up like right at, you know, maybe 40 weeks where we started communicating a lot more and like, just like, how are you doing? How are you doing? Like, are you like loopy yet? And like just exchanging how we were feeling. And it was like right on time because I was starting to get to that, you know, antsy part of like the first pregnancy where I'm like, is she going to come early? Is she going to come late? Like, I feel so big, like all the things. And it was nice to have someone to talk to who like, was actually sharing sharing truth from experience so I said like I think I'm starting to get like you know like sensations are getting stronger and you're like okay it could be another six weeks <laughs> and like it helped me like come back to reality that like you know I actually haven't experienced this before and I could be experiencing a ton of different things and it doesn't mean anything or it means everything like just be very open about how this baby is choosing to present herself and come forward and um that was very necessary for me um i would say i think it was like around uh, just before 40 weeks i started to get like strong sensations i was out at an event and so i um i had like one of those contraction stupid counters on my phone like to tell you like oh now it's time for this this and so i started tracking them and it literally was like all right now it's you should you should probably get your bags together and head to the hospital and like in my head I knew I wasn't ever going to hospital but I did start like telling my my um my doula like hey this you know she might be coming soon or not she but the baby's coming um and she's like okay just keep track and I told you and you're like okay it could be like another month (laughs) and I'm like okay like let's just roll with it and thank god I you know this was my route because guess what had I gone into the hospital this was two weeks before 
Haven decided to come forward. I could have been dilated. I, 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 I guarantee you, I was at least a little dilated. I, you know, they would have just started tracking all this stuff and um, who knows, maybe say she's ready. Oh no, it's not happening. Let me shove a balloon up you and like make it happen now or do this and that and that. And like all of these things where it's just like exasperate this and I mean, especially... and that you, and that you don't have prenatal care, right? Oh, so yeah. you would that have gone in issue. as a black woman with no prenatal care, right? like not a great look yeah. for the system, unfortunately. And then you would say you're in labor, even though you're not. And so then they would have induced you yeah. and then you would have had a C-section and you would have had the blood pressure medication. I mean, it's the, the gamut. The gamut, it's scary. right? It's scary. And like, yeah, let's touch on that a little bit. As a black woman making this decision, I had fear off the strength of my skin alone that if something were to go wrong, I would start being like the witch hunt would would start and I would be mm. I would be framed as this negligent mother who like did this thing, didn't have any care, and was like being, you know, all the stuff, all the stories. So I had a little bit of that fear, but I also like came to understand like I am so much safer as a black woman choosing to be in my own space and to um and to not engage with the system at all who might who might then you know they they're going to create their own narrative they're going to create their own narrative and like I don't want any of that I don't want anyone involved in my story that I don't choose to be and so like I I just feel in general in the biggest um, on the biggest sense, as a Black woman, I'm safer choosing this route. It's as simple as that. And not even, you know, as a woman, period, right? But um, with it's like all factually, societies... It's like factually true. Yeah. I wish you know I had I mean? the, the clear numbers, but I don't have numbers because people well, always want to see numbers. But like, yeah, it's just like, let's look at history. Let's look at, um, let's look at the way, you know, we can look at Black mother mortality rates being increments higher, incrementally higher than non-Black people, non-Black women. And then you can also look at, um, you know, epigenetics and like just the the, the history of trauma and um, abuse that has been the forefront of this particular branch of medicine. If we're looking at OB you know, like the whole history of it all, it is literally formed on the rape and torture of black women. And so to 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 not see how the system is still infiltrated by this this very dark beginnings that we still are using a lot of these um methods and ways of doing things is still in practice, like, yes, I'm safer just being at home. Yes, I'm safer the way my ancestors have birthed their babies since the beginning of time. Like, that's the way I'm choosing to do this. I want to I want to call on them. I want to call on my mother who now in spirit, I could feel her energy so strong. She was a warrior on earth, but like she was, she's a warrior on, in, in the spirit realm. Like she has been guiding, protecting, like I can feel her like so strongly. And yes, I'm going to go off the strength of that of my ancestors, of my people, and of my like wisdom that is telling me this is the way that I want to come. This is the way that haven, this safe safe haven is going to come into this earth. And yes, I'm going to trust that. And so I think like 
through it all, I would love for more people who look at, like me to know that this is not just for white women. This is not just for, you know, people in other countries or whatever, like whatever false perceptions. And I see the work being done. I see more and more people starting to kind of wake up to it. But um, yeah, like feeling like a catalyst because I have not known any. I have not known any personally in my life who have chosen this route. So um, that was kind of like all of that stuff was like, really really driving this decision too like uh, yeah. in a big way and and so yeah I mean yeah I'm being told to go to the hospital from this from this like contraction I hate the word the contraction counter and I'm like okay no that's not happening and lo and behold I had two more weeks of spontaneous labor until the actual you know active labor started and so like on the morning of September 22nd 22 but I like I have a video where I woke up and I like shot myself I'm like it's 92222 I think it's happening because I literally had woken up to like a burst a gush like I like thought in my dream I remember thinking like maybe I was half asleep like what if my water just broke open my eyes and that was another thing that was like like very like I don't know that was like intuition or what but yeah I burst and I'm like, babe, it's happening. And like, it just was like so such a fun like start to the day. Um, it was probably like 7 a.m., you know. And so I had like hobbled over. I think I texted you too, like, I think it's starting, but it looks like there might be a little meconium. I sent a picture and you're like, yeah, a little meconium is good. Like, it could be another, <laughs> you were always like the reality check. You're like, could be another 72 hours. I'm like, oh my God, please no. And, um, but you know, there was a little meconium, it wasn't a big deal. And I just like, so it just started just the ways, just the ways. Um, I called Brittany, she came, um, and I had an aunt that lives two hours away and she's like my one aunt, people call her a hippie. Cause she's like, you know, the only one that's not a doctor and she, but she's, well, she's a PhD doctor. Don't hate these titles are very important okay so she she was she's not a medical doctor so she wasn't like asking me the the certain questions that were like triggering and um so she comes eventually she shows up and it was just like the perfect environment it was just the four of us um including so that being Brittany my doula my husband my stepdaughter Layla and Auntie Rosier and my doggie and so you're um, so one auntie knew the full truth she also didn't know but she didn't really know the difference (laughs) she literally came and she asked Brittany like have you have you checked her like (laughs) checked my dilation and she didn't know I'm not touching her and she's like oh okay she just doesn't know nor care okay (laughs) so she's like she like wishes that she would have had home birth so she just kind of was like an observer and kind of the perfect person to be there because she she didn't really she just wanted to make sure I was cool and cook for me before she left. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it was I nine hours of surge after surge after surge. I remember just being like at one point, yeah, we had a birth pool and like the downstairs of my house was like set up, like totally a vibe, music playing, candles, incense burning, like just had affirmations that I made with my stepdaughter on the wall and we were just kind of like going. I was eating in the beginning when I could and like just like got to flow through, you know, and um, 
yeah, I mean, they picked up. I think I got into the pool a little early because, you know, you know, it can slow down things. I don't necessarily know if it slowed down, but by the time it got more intense, I didn't want to be in the water anymore. I was like, oh, this is gross. It's like getting gross. And um, I made my way upstairs. I'm like on my bed. Like, I just want it to be over. Like getting to that point where I'm like, even if it doesn't end, like, I just need a break. Like, I just need a break because it just felt like it was like, it didn't stop. It started and just went. And um, like begging for mercy, but also just like loving it. Like, man, it's no joke. Your hormones are there to lead you through this shit. Like you, like we are resilient. Like we're designed to do this. And so I was like holding on to that. Like we, I'm designed to do this. My body is doing way all of it. Like I'm really not really doing much, but complaining. <laughs> I got just here like, oh. and um, yeah, I made eventually I was like, I have to poop and made my way to the bathroom. And yeah, just keep, it just kept rolling in and I got like on the toilet and she was really, she was coming. And um, yeah, at some point I think I like just got on hands and knees and that was like the, the best position for me to like, like surrender like the control to the waves but then also have a little bit of like <laughs> I wasn't like completely you know mm -hmm. I had a little bit of I don't know the word oomph. and um that's when like everyone ended up in the bathroom my aunt pop popped back up so she had like disappeared I think she went outside and was just like chilling that's why I'm like she was the perfect person because she had disappeared and then popped back up and we're in the bathroom and that's when it got kind of chaotic I'm like is it coming like ah like screaming <laughs> like um Brittany kind of got into like go mode and was like you know I mean I was I kept asking her questions like can I you know it's it's so interesting because another thing that I've kind of reflected on is like even having her there I'm I'm kind of leaning towards her to like like can I do this can I do this and thankfully most of the time she was like you can do whatever you want she was like eight months pregnant herself and was like kind of, you know, at, at some point she was sleeping in the corner. <laughs> I peeped her like nodding off in the corner. So she was just like very much reminding me like, I'm just here. You can do what you want. When it got to that point, I was like, okay, got it, got behind me, got to go mode. And there are certain things we hadn't talked about uh, before the birth, like what I want exactly whenever she comes out or this mm -hmm. or that. And um, so she kind of, I was like pushing, I got her head out and um, yeah, that ring of fire. I just remember like that burn, but I just, I also just like feel like I literally was gone. Like I wasn't on this plane. Like mm -hmm. it was just like my body's doing this. I'm here as a vessel and like <laughs> here she is like, come out, come out, come out. And so her head comes out I think like later a few pushes later she just like plops <laughs> plops onto well actually no my husband kind of got her he had a towel because she was super slippery got her and she was just kind of like plopped onto the towel and like didn't make a noise it's funny looking at it because she it, it just feel like she just like came out like whoa <laughs> like that was a rush like what, what just happened so she comes out and the one part where I like hung up on this is not ideal to what I wanted in retrospect, but um, I like tried to like turn my leg over and I almost 
hit her head a little bit. And Brittany was kind of like, no, wait, wait, wait. She's kind of limp. She's kind of limp now. Hold, slow down for a second. And then I I waited a beep. And then I was like, no, give me my fucking daughter. Turned my leg over and just like swooped her up. I think they were jarred by the fact that she hadn't made a sound. But I'm like, she was just fine. She was peaceful. She came out and she was like, it's not like she wasn't breathing. Um, I swooped her into my heart, my arms, and she made her first little yelp. And it was just that, you know, like my baby here in my arms like it was I the only reason I feel like I remember what happened is from seeing it because I Mm. was like completely transported Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like completely just like on this this like high of like oh my god this thing just happened like she's here she's here and like they announced is she's a girl ahead of time before I like Mm. had seen whoa another thing stupid but I also knew so I was just like I know give her to me you know what I mean like in the moment didn't even think think of it but you know certain things where I'm like okay Mm -hmm. I will be the first next time I will see I will lift up my baby and know what it is you know and a lot of those things if the birth keeper doesn't guide those conversations a first time mom doesn't necessarily think about claiming those details prenatally Mm -hmm. you know like don't announce it you really have to like get ahead of that I think yeah yeah and that's another thing yeah where I know one and this is what I learned from school and facilitating I would never cross that boundary but also I know now to bring that conversation as a birth keeper and I would hope that any any birth keeper or woman that's stepping out of like the medical paradigm and doing this thing um, whether you still claim to, you know, call yourself a doula or whatever it is, just like, these are the things that need to be discussed. These are the things that need to be yeah. clear because it, it's to the, you know, a year later, I still think about it, you know? So it's like, you just don't want to rob the woman of anything. And, you know, I know none of it was intentional. Like, I know it was just like, we were in the moment it was heated and like all of these things. Um, but yeah, those are just my little reflections mm-hmm. on, on how it came. But like I said, I was like, so ecstatic that I didn't really even realize what was happening. <laughs> I was just like, ah, and um, we were home. We were home. I literally, okay, I got back on the toilet, put the bowl in the toilet, plopped out the placenta. She came out, no problems. <laughs> and go. thank God. I was just like, and she was a fat, like <laughs> meaty piece of work. Yep. Like, thank you for all that you did. And like, I just love the placenta. Like I just like grew to understand like this beautiful relationship. I didn't really want to encapsulate it or anything. I just was like, I just want to hold it and feel like you were the first person to like nurture my baby. Thank you. Thank you. And so you know, I hobbled to my bed, laying there and like let all of the blood, all of the stem cells nourish my child. Just let it be. And eventually Layla and Gerard came and we burned the cord together and just got to like sing to her and, mm. um, you know, bit of do. Thank you. Okay. I'm taking over now. <laughs> and um, later, like a few days later, I was able to make like a, a, a imprint on a um like a board and like I wrote all her name so like I had asked aunts and uncles and sisters to give her a name yeah. and like wrote it all on there so that was like super sweet and um you know I just like I literally someone was like what do you want to eat I'm like I want pizza and like <laughs> I'm like laying in bed with this new child eating pizza and that was like the night she was born 
I didn't I didn't go down the stairs of my house for I think five days. Like it was blissful. It was extremely blissful. And you had just done like the postpartum in bliss. Um, and I just remember like that, just those words sticking with me. Like, I want my postpartum to be blissful. Like I want, you know, the narrative is just so negative about postpartum. Like, how do I set myself up for like success in this? And mm-hmm. um you know, it looked like, like my aunt that was there, she cooked and, um, made sure I was cool. And then another aunt came in Nigeria, what they'll call it, umogu. is that the, that's the name of her saying it horribly, but it's basically like when your mom comes and she'll stay with you for however long to make sure you're good. And so my aunts kind of took that place and that mm, was super sweet good. for them to come and shift. And like, would they, like, would they stay with you? Like, would they sleep yeah, there? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like my aunt just stayed one night and then another one came and then other people were just bringing food. But then even like almost a year later, my, my, one of my aunts that's, um, she has lots of sisters. I saw these aunts. <laughs> um, one of them, she, who hadn't been able to come, she came for, an, um, my brother's like a ceremony and then still came to the house and cooked a bunch of food and refroze it. So it's just like everyone just making sure they're doing their part. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what was the, what was the kind of response, if any, with this beautifully connected and supportive and also quite medical family. Mm -hmm. And then you having this home birth, is it just like, once she's here, it's yeah. just like total celebration, all good vibes. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's it's nuanced. I feel like there's some people who haven't necessarily said it, but maybe didn't agree with me, like having birth at home where it feels like the energy is a little different. Like it's obviously it's all love and like joy that she's here and she's healthy, but maybe little comments that insinuate like mm. you did this like kind of crazy you know, or like, thank God everything's fine. That kind mm-hmm. of energy mm-hmm. to where I just like, whatever. I don't, whatever. I don't, you're not going to know the details. Like you're not going to get the fun, magical story. <laughs> you, and should, fine. you should just be like, <laughs> did you know obstetrics is based on the torture of black women? <laughs> like, can we talk about, didn't want, didn't want to put it out there. But yeah. Can we talk about that? You know, the, like, talk about crazy. Kind of like, it's you know it's kind of like I I let you I'll let you kind of have your perception of of, and like like I heard I've overheard like one of my aunts who had talked to me right after said like I look so exhausted I'm like the fuck I just pushed the whatever it doesn't look exhausted after like are you trying to find something because I was so Mm -hmm. happy okay so there's literally there was a little bit of calibration there yes yes but even my aunt who was like she I had talked to her like you know while I was pregnant and she was really worried that I wasn't getting any ultrasounds to the point where she's like I'm losing sleep like I can't like you need it because she had had a a history of like being in labor and delivery so she thinks like you know she who knows what she's seen so she was like really nervous that I wasn't like going this route and I was able to be honest with her like we have a good relationship I was able to be honest like hey auntie's like this is just this is the way I'm choosing to do it I'm not so she just stopped asking me questions. Yeah. And then she came afterwards and like everything was good. So it was all good. And okay. so I got to like share more with her. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like the the fear is something bad will happen. 
Mm-hmm. You will be hurt. The baby will be hurt. And you're not going to have anyone that can save the day. Mm-hmm. And so for for it to go well, that that's like almost automatically alleviated and lifted. And no one's really talking about it or thinking about it. But it's also like, why is the assumption that something will go wrong? That's what I want to interrogate. And, you know, it, it just is what it well, is. Well, I, I don't think. I don't think it's an necessarily an assumption that something will go wrong, but it's, you know, everyone's been indoctrinated to think it's insane to not have the safety net air quotes of a medical provider supervising Mm -hmm. you. You might be one of the women where everything goes well, but we can't trust that you will be. Right. Yeah. It's a a lack of trust in the, in the, in the process. Yeah. All of these things. Definitely. Yeah. And I, you know, it's just, yeah, it's indoctrination. And it, and it's a lot of things that I have just done the work of unlearning. Like right. I just, you know, so I'm not afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I see like some of my family members who are like, whoa, I want that too. And mm-hmm. so maybe are taking a more natural route and like, and kind of questioning now, yeah, why are so many Black women dying? Like, yeah, why, why is it this way? Why can't mm-hmm. I just... And so that's what I want. Like, if I'm going to influence anyone, it's just so that they can make their own free choice. Like, that's where I see where free birth lies is that you are free to fully, like, in walk in autonomy in this decision and like do do what you deem best. And and then if you decide to engage and things don't go your way, like I hope that you can find freedom in the fact that that was your choice, and and this is just how it played out. We don't, we don't at the end of the day control any of this. And that's what I think was the most beautiful thing about birth is like the surrender, like how it shows us surrender in the most beautiful and non, like we have no choice but to relinquish. And that was what my experience was when, when she was ready to come out is like, I have no choice but to like push when my body, when the fundus is pulling down on my uterus and like, it's clear that like, I can, I can make a mighty push right now and get my baby out. Like I could feel all of that. I don't want to be numbed. I don't want to be like, like asking when I can push or like, or like not, not being able to actually understand what was going on. Like that is like raw birth. It's just, it was, it, there was no mistake in the design. There's a reason why animals go away into a corner and have their babies. And so I, you know, to return to that primal, beautiful nature of birth, I think it's a benefit to the entire, it's all, it's a benefit to humanity because I know like Haven will grow up with something different in her. Mm. You know, she'll grow up with something different in her. And I was born in a hospital and I shot out ready to go. My mom, like when she tells the the, the story of my birth, she's like, you were a big baby. And like, I was just like, like came two days early. And like she, my mom did induction. No, no, wait, wait. Yeah, no pain medicine. So I don't know. People think that's natural birth. (laughs) We'll just go with that. She had us in that way, right? And so she um, she says that I just like shot out and I'm like ready to go. But then the stories of my siblings' birth, all of us have different stories. And I think our personalities are reflections on very much how we came into this earth. 
And I think like too many people, we're so disconnected. We don't think that it has much of anything to do with it. And I'm like, no, that that's has maybe everything to do with it. There's no way to prove it necessarily, but I see a difference. You totally. Know? And then it also leads to the cascade of what happens after. So when a baby mm-hmm. is born part of, free, yeah. you know, sh- that baby is more likely, of course, to follow the biological design of the mother baby, you know, um, design. So it's going to mm-hmm. be she's going to co-sleep. She's going to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. She's not going to get jabbed up with 67 shots, She, you mm-hmm. know, or he's not going to get circumcised like it. it mm-hmm. It's a domino of what happens next, mm-hmm. right? That then also greatly influences the health of the baby, the personality of the baby, you know, the, the whole dynamic between mother baby in that first year, mm-hmm. right? Versus the mom who gets the C-section, who then goes to the pediatrician and gets the baby, gets all the jabs and get. Hi, Jared. Oh, was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, yeah. It's just yeah. such a... I think that a lot of a lot of people mistake the criticism of a system that is doing women wrong with judgment. Like no one is here to judge women and their choices. No one is here to make someone feel bad about um, how their baby came or side. Like no one is here to 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 attack the mother. The criticism is at a system that does not allow one nature to take course in 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 many ways and two the woman to understand choose and like be in full power of her body like that's what i'm criticizing and so like you're saying from that trickles down all of these other needless interventions all of these other like maybe misconceptions about stuff like breastfeeding and sleep and all of these things that kind of disrupt the mother baby diet and then it just leads to disconnection and it leads to a lot of pain and people are wondering what's wrong you know what's wrong with my kid and it's like and then they start blaming themselves it's like no this the whole thing is fucked up the whole thing is like is like maybe intentionally designed to be fucked yeah. up and it's like and it's effect and it's affecting everyone it's affecting the entire universe how different would it be if the matriarch truly was um was honored as it should be and everyone's roles was 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 uh, exalted a matriarch system a matriarchal system is like circular and well-rounded and everyone is included in the way that they're meant to not women are in charge and domineering over everything. No, that's not what an actual matriarchal system is. But the patriarch, that is actually what happens. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, it's linear, where there's a lead and they're telling everyone else what to do. And it's like, no, actually, what if we went back to that circular rhythmical nature of like mother nature of how she does things and how like the divine feminine is actually approaching things where they say like, it's all holistic. It's all this and that and that and that and that and that. There's not diagnosis, symptom diagnosis, and then we're good. It's like, no, it's everything. Like, and that's like, I just really feel like that's what it is at the end of the day. It's like, it's so dynamic and why there's room for a lot of compassion and love and nuance and experience because every woman's going to have a different experience. 
And um, there's a lot of spontaneity in nature. As much as there's a there's a pattern, it's all spontaneous. I mean, right? it takes it takes a lot of it takes a lot of maturity and skillfulness. I think for someone, particularly who's been wronged by the system or feels um, adhered to the system to hear critiques about that system and not take it personal, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that requires a level of maturity and emotional intelligence that I would say the average person doesn't have. And so there's a lot of confusion therefore, and a lot of misinterpretations of a lot of the work that I do, a lot of the work that Yolanda does and, and our other, you know, allies, um, because of course, yes, we we have to critique systems that oppress us. Of course, it's mm-hmm. our social responsibility as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. right? Not just obstetrics, all of them. Right, right, yeah. exactly. And you're not you're not like sending putting a burning cross on a doctor's lawn. No, we're we're, you know, it's it, I I want to look at the system. Not just the individual, and within the system, there's going to be a lot of individuals that do things that I don't agree with, right? Of course. But that's but I'm criticizing this overarching thing that does not properly teach the physiology and nature of birth. Yeah. And 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 it's to the detriment of people's lives. Mm-hmm. For real. You know. So anyway, we could go on and on. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but like this is, I feel so 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 grateful, grateful that I ran into this whole these truths about birth and about the way it works and about my power as a woman and um like <laughs> another like kind of flashback is I remember when we were in inter- you were like interviewing for um RBK school and I had said something about empowering women and you're like well I would argue that we don't we're not empowering anyone the women the, the women already have their power you know, it's about it's about remembering that the power is already mine. No one can really empower me. It's already here. It's already within me. It's already the design of who I am. Like my 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 piece as a manifestation of God is to be in my power. And so like that hit me because I'm like, whoa, yeah, I don't actually do that. Like I don't say what women can and cannot and should do. Like all I can do really is like share my piece and my story and my part. And like, hopefully from that yields way more stories of freedom and stories of people who are saying no more to the torture and like, yeah. the and empowerment is a temporary state, whereas, you know, being powerful is an embodiment. And when you are powerful and in your power, what I find, what you find is it's contagious, right? It's there's, there's this kind of contagion element to mm-hmm. a powerful woman that Absolutely. is, it's what we're doing. That's what this right. is all about. Right. Mm-hmm. So a year later, how mm-hmm. would you kind of summarize the gifts of what you've chosen and discovered in sovereign motherhood mm-hmm. mm. yeah I mean I see a little girl who is 
strong-willed, <laughs> who is already very aware, who mm-hmm. who can like look at you and communicate herself, even though there's no words. We're talking like, about your I, daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I see, I see her becoming like this completely fierce woman that I. I nod to the fact that she was able to come into existence in such a way where that was the very, that's the very foundation mm-hmm. of like who I, you know, who I see her becoming and who I want her to be. And, who, and who that I it's completely allowed. Yeah. It's allowed like, from the birth, you know? Yeah. yeah that nothing yeah, stifled it. Not, exactly. Nothing is getting in the way of that. And still, like, I want I want it to remain like that. Like, now we're making decisions about, like, what this looks like in her education and what this looks like, you know, going forward and, like, what, it, you know, how it all makes sense for our lives. But existing in the right here and now, I see that Haven is, um, you know, I, I believe that who she is and who she's becoming will always circle back to who, like, I am allowing her to be and become you know what I mean you know what I mean like and who like there was nothing at her in in her introduction into this world that impeded her autonomy and I I really want her to understand what that means and um I, I I see it that you know a year later I can only hope and imagine that that is what is making her the the little the little girl that she is and it it only goes from there. And I feel, I, I believe it'll continue to spiral and like help her to just grow into herself and mm-hmm. into her power and to understand it at the depths of like the core of who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and like, I'm fumbling along myself. Like I feel, I, you know, I see myself doing things, saying things where I'm like, oh, I want to try that different next time. And like, and that's what I do. And I try it different next time. Or I, um, I'm like really proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for like sticking to like my, this path. And, um, you know, despite other people's opinions and thoughts on it, like I, I, I'm proud of me and my husband and our, our, our actual, like, um, like actually practicing what we're preaching Mm -hmm. and I you know I see that's going to reflect on her it's just going to be a part of who she is Mm -hmm. and it's super cool (laughs) it's super cool cool. yeah beautiful (laughs) yeah thank you thank you for everything your work thank you for putting this out to the world and like continuing to do it despite maybe a lot of scary things that people say and do you know what I mean like you are just like you're 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 keeping you keep on keeping on and so thank you for 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 doing it and um yeah I appreciate I appreciate you and Yolanda and just being a part of you know just a little part of of this bigger um movement mm-hmm. you know I, I can only do my part I can only like understand the what I understand and and move from there you know um so yeah thank you thank you (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the show today you can support this podcast by donating to it on freebirthsociety.com and leaving an awesome review on whatever platform you listen on 
The more reviews, the more visibility the show gets, so let's spread the word of Sovereign Birth. We've always got a lot going on at Free Birth Society, and you can find out about all of it at freebirthsociety.com, at freebirthsociety on Instagram, and opt in to my newsletter below in the show notes. We offer courses on free birth, authentic midwifery, and the blood mysteries, as well as one-on-one coaching, in-person retreats, and of course, our annual women's festival. Our exclusive vetted private membership is definitely something to check out if you're looking for a community of wise sisters. Together we rise. We must speak our stories, claim our lives, and support one another. This is the living revolution, and I am so grateful to be in it with all of you. I'll leave you with our epic Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your We choose love, everything with intention, death, ascension, I will fly and bring her back from the start.